Hey everyone, my name's Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And I swear he's over there looking at dirty pictures as we roll no, in I'm looking at, to I'm our looking avatar. At oh, you know what? It does look like, you know, well, well no, there's a, there's a, there's your a imagination. part in like, I don't know, the middle that just reminds me of like fallopian tubes. Yeah, you know. that's fair. I saw a meme the other day that was like a bad idea to have your have your fourth graders paint pictures of flame, um, and they showed like the wall of the kids' pictures, and they all looked real, real female genital. It was uh, that I'm sure that art teacher like. I'd like to think it was an accident. Let's put it that way. Anyway, Chris, welcome to Avatar: The Last Podcasters. How you doing? How was your? I know it's been a couple weeks. How was your? Christmas, your New Year's, I like. I know we don't really get ourselves stuff, but like, do your kids have any exciting, exciting gift stories or? Mm. No, not really. Uh... Do you go crazy on the Santa stuff with your kids, or you keep it pretty mellow? I saw you threaten to throw all your kids' presents in a closet and open the door. Yeah, uh, I wish. It's, it's. I hate the concept of of that. I don't want to say because my kids might be listening. They're up. They're having a sleepover somewhere. Oh, I got and, you. Uh, but I hate, I hate that concept a lot. But my wife is like, no, the let's Santa do it. part specifically and is the part yes, you hate. Yes. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love giving gifts and and shopping for for them and stuff like that. Love that. Yeah. But like, especially as I love Christmas, I'll say that. And I never believed. I've never in my life did I ever believe in in Red Man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, you had me at Method, but not at Red Man. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I just never did that, but I always appreciated it when my parents gave me stuff. Like, having, saying, like, oh, thank you for this. It's a lot of experience between, you know, kids and their parents and stuff like that. But I don't get because I'm like, here you go. Well, I'm not like, here you go. I'm like, oh, look, look what's under the tree. <laughs> and yeah, then, like and like sometimes I see my kids like love love something love a gift, and when they, usually when I give my gift for the like oh thank you daddy and they give me a hug and stuff like I miss I miss that I'm like there's a moment here that's missing from this in this moment, and it's because we for some reason want to believe that a fat guy in a suit is going down chimney trees for some reason instead of and also as hated somewhat as a Christian <laughs> because I'm like. Why are we putting so much emphasis on this? And also, when I'm older, older, I gotta tell them, well, no, this aspect of this is really, really fake, and this one you gotta really believe in. And but I, but I believe it, and I, I hope you believe it. Here's why I believe it. But here's the aspect that's like really dumb. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, that that's some crap. I do not care for it. In <laughs> in most respects, I think it would have more impact giving presents from your parents. Uh, I think yeah. the Christian... Chris, I, I go to Christmas Mass uh, with my wife and her family, and Santa Claus came to Christmas Mass. You think kids are paying attention to, like, what... Anything other than the fact that Santa Claus is at Mass? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Right there, that's messed up. Um, and then also, like, just the idea... Not, not like the mythos of Santa Claus so much as that, like you know what? Hey, poor kids, Santa doesn't give them as much presents. That is always yeah. a concept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never gotten over that. 
but Heather, Heather and I have mutually decided that we're just not going to talk about it until we have a kid that gets to an age where we like have to. And I'll be like, well, yeah, it's not real. We're just going to like let you hear whatever you like. What I don't know. What four? Maybe four years old. I have like deep conversations with my daughter about different things, whether it's about her growing up, uh, confidence for herself, social things, race, stuff like that. Like, like, we'll just talk for a while sometimes about you know, like, about anxiety, nervousness, stuff like that. But they're like, oh, hey, December 25th. Magic fat guy. <laughs> Magic red fat guy. I don't even like uh, just the red. Like, if you ever see, like, you know, pre-Coca-Cola blue Santa Claus, he's a much more attractive Santa Claus in, like, a normal, like, handsome blue garment instead of a just a gaudy, bright red piece of crap. Everything about it. It's your fault, Coca-Cola. You've done this. That's why I drink Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Coca-Cola gave us bad Santa Claus. Dr. Pepper gave us the college football playoff. Which one would you rather have? But regardless of all that. That's much better. I had a good Christmas. My, uh, my kids had a good Christmas. Uh, Gift-wise, my wife gave me like a Lego Batman puzzle for the Batman bat. Uh, I'm build, which I will eventually do, and I'm actually I like that gift. Even though I haven't even opened the box for the last Lego thing she bought me, I am going to do it, and I do like the gift. I just I am more right now into the action figure repainting and customizing and stuff like that. But uh, it's really hard buying a gift. I feel like for your wife, <laughs> because like we are as as she be my wife, like my money is her money. Like we like that's how it is. And if there's something that I actually wanted. I would just buy it. I would have already bought it myself. Or just, like, give the excuse to, like, hey, it is Christmas time, but you still just go get what you want and just go a little bigger because it's Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Chris, the whole reason I wanted to talk about this is because I feel like I kind of won at Christmas this year because I got my wife uh, a cruise. Uh, I don't like like large bodies of water. I'm scared of the ocean. Fun fact about me. Not from ocean sickness, uh, just like a weird what's the opposite of like claustrophobia if that's a thing that exists that's what um, i have um okay. and so but she wants it's like she's always kind of wanted to go on a cruise so i was like all right she's gonna go with her friends i don't have to like do any like she planned it like it's mostly her money if we're being honest like our money we share money she just makes a lot more of it than i do <laughs> it's, it's, it's like she did all the planning she found the friends she found the cruise everything and but nice. like my Christmas gift to her was just like not even saying like you can because we don't do that in here either because I'm not a stupid husband I'm just like you should for Christmas you should go on a cruise yeah. that was my gift to my wife and she loves it she's so excited but anyway during that week I'm gonna try to figure I forget which week it is I was gonna see if I come come over to your house and spend like one of the evenings there watching a movie uh, or movies multiple just because we haven't done that since. Ooh. Did we, so we, since we watched the, the yeah? So I don't know. Yeah. Pick pick something else, <clears throat> something adjacent at that time. But that's like end of January. Uh, oh, you could play. You could play uh, this VR uh, the quest. And so we can play VR ping pong because that sounds awesome. It um, really it's weird, Sean. It's like and sometimes the ball falls on the floor near my feet, and I know I because like, your brain says. Oh, the ball's right there. So you get a little sensation on your foot. It's weird. 
We are so in tune to believing, like our eyes are our primary source of information intake. Like, and also sixty percent of it. Like, the ball hits. Like, if the if you hit the ball right here, you hear it in your right ear more than your left ear, and so when it hits the ground, you hear it hit the ground, and like when you hit it, it vibrates the stick just a little bit, so you get that feeling that you hit the ball and then you can put spin on the ball and everything like it's it feels just like one layer removed from being real life it's it's weird it's the most realistic thing on on vr everything else i'm like oh i'm playing a video game it's fun and stuff but that's like no, that's I'm like the perfect that's the perfect use for it like the way that the handle is in your hand like the type of feedback yeah it can give you yeah um, I was like when you when I saw your Facebook post, like I was in Micro Center. I went and stood in front of one in Micro Center for like probably a solid twenty minutes. Like, should I? Shouldn't I? Shopping on sale for deals. I didn't do it, but anyway, yeah. If there's a good night, and I'll figure out what dates those are. Uh, watch movies and ping pong and such. And uh, I don't know if you have the football game, but if you don't, I'm gonna buy it for I you do, because I, I want to play the football game pretty bad. What is it, Madden something? I think it, I don't. I don't think I got the football game that you were referencing because they came out with a new one. Oh, I'm a, Lamar Jackson is on the front cover of it. I have that one. That I just want fun. the sensation of like a very responsive throwing motion is really all I want it for. Yeah. Right? Like that's the that's it, the fun part. This one is probably a. If I had to guess, they made that game. And that game seems like the premier Madden game of Quest uh, 2. Or Quest, whatever. Um, so it's probably more, has more functions and bells and whistles than that one. But that one's fun too. I don't, but I don't, now I'm just, yeah, I don't know how many bells and whistles I need. I just, I want that sensation of like feeling like I'm throwing a football yeah. in, a, in a way better spiral was there than any, I can do in real life. Was there any, oh, so like, when you threw it, do you feel the spiral that you threw it with? It had just the slightest hint of, of vibration feedback, but since your hand is like this, that's the part where like the illusion breaks because your hand is still holding onto the handle. But, yeah, okay. But it was so, so well-tuned responsive to like when you're releasing the trigger, like that, and it just had a slight vibrate that made it feel like, yeah, like you're really spinning off your fingers or like every arm angle and everything. It was so felt accurately responsive. Um, was the defense coming after you in the game? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. But it was, it was completely un like unbranded everything and its graphics were bad. And that was like, uh, it was at least a year ago now. So I'm sure there's other options. Anyway, um, I'll send you those dates later and we'll, we'll turn it into some kind of, uh, streaming thing at the dates work out because I won the I won the husband game by making my wife plan her own vacation for Christmas. Nice. Spend her money. I would have surprised my wife with the car. That was my. Uh, I did not do that. That would be that awesome was, though. That it would have been, but I'm like, no, she used to test drive the car. No, my wife would <laughs> stab me, and I think, yeah. And everybody knows that my wife is physically stronger than I am. Like she would actually beat me up. I think. If she didn't get to help, my wife would not. My like, she wouldn't want to take part in helping choose or anything, or just test driving. No, she would. No, she told me she's like, oh, I want to kill like Telly Ride, or well, now she told me something else. Um, Now I think would actually be better. Now I should be jealous. Those Telly Rides are are super comfortable. I sat in the back seat of one all the way from here to Kansas uh, to Oklahoma City 
for like the college women's world series i was in the backpack chris super comfy. Oh, the backpack huh? the backpack because there were six of us grown yeah. humans and it was very comfortable oh okay so yeah will attest tell you ride very comfy don't know anything yeah, else about it. Sorrento, which is uh, pretty good. It also has a third row. Not at, probably not, the back row isn't as comfortable. It's fine, but like your feet are just like a little. Realistically, the people in the back should be the smallest humans. Yes, yes. So that's probably fine, ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. Anyway, how long have we been talking? About eighteen uh, minutes. Oh man, we've been no, talking about Christmas just... for well. for thirteen minutes, and you know what? That that's probably enough Christmas. Oh, you know what, Chris? I was going to throw one more plug. I don't know what I'm going to do all the way yet, but I'm going to have another fundraiser. I've got a lot of raffle prizes, and originally I was going to do, like, a Nintendo Olympics thing, but then I just didn't get on the horse for, like, planning that part as much, so I might just have a straight raffle. So if we start publicizing some prize raffle stuff, all of that money that we are going to get from the raffle, there's a small barbecue grill... KU basketball tickets, uh, a pretty sick backpack cooler thing. Um, I'm missing like a kind of major one. Decent prizes. And all that money is going to go to the Dave Thomas Foundation, which helps the adoption process for for children oh, who need nice. adopted because that's pertinent and relevant to our life. So, uh, and that'll Dave be. Thomas isn't the Wendy's person. Part, yeah, it's the Wendy's Foundation. Uh, okay, okay. Yep. <laughs> like I thought. I thought, they I thought used that to, name was familiar. Yeah, they used to publicize that aspect in like their commercials and stuff, but these days they're just like way more about like trash talking on Twitter than they are. But the foundation is still alive, and it's a very highly I'm very particular about my foundations because I don't like wasted money. Yeah, but it's an extremely highly rated and highly regarded foundation. Good. So um, that'll it's happen. Very needed. It's just it just seems like a whole seems like it's very. Uh costly to go through that it is and it my understanding is it works in a number of different it doesn't have like a singular thing it does uh but that the the money tends to go to several different places and ways that they help children Mm -hmm. get adopted um i'll I'll provide more details as i do more research but we did choose that and that'll happen the raffle drawing will be like the saturday after the super bowl I forget what day that is. It's pretty close to Valentine's Day. So, well, if uh, I'll abuse our, our fanship here and publicize that a little bit at some point. Yes. All right. Now I've talked enough about Christmas and New Year's things. Chris, mm. what do you got All right. For us? Reviewing Legend of the Core, Patterns in Time. couple things I'm going to gather. So what I'm going to do in this review, Sean, is that I'm going to go through and... So, one time. Anyway, this book. It's an anthology book. It has several different stories uh, across Cora's time frame from pretty much any time that from when she was a kid to when she current time. Um, and I'm going to rank all the stories in it from worst to best. That's how I'm going to do this and give you maybe a little snippet of the stories. I'm not going to be able to contribute at all, but I will say that the first thing that I want, like just the only thing that I had to contribute... I love the cover art. That's incredible. It's beautiful. Yes. Su- uh, it's it, super attractive. I love it. Yeah, that's my first thing I want to say, is that this cover is <clears throat> absolutely gorgeous. Honestly, so I like this book. 
I feel like this book doesn't do this cover justice. It's amazing. <laughs> the only even of everything on the front cover, the only even minor thing that I would have done is make uh, make Asami's glove like a slightly less fleshy color because it just looks like she kind of has giant man hands Ooh. until you realize that she's wearing a glove. Okay. Uh, but no, that's a minor complaint. This is one of the like. I want to just go grab this book and look through the pictures yeah. in it. Oh well, this is just uh, anyway, this is just the cover. There's different artists. In fact, I don't think this artist does any type of separate book. I know but it seems he like would have each... had me. He would have had me sold in the store. I was going to buy it anyways. <laughs> I was I was there. Thing is, there are some artists who are solely cover artists. I don't know if this artist is a solely a cover artist, um, but some of them are solely cover artists. Cover art by. Sachin Ting, S A C H I N Ting, but yeah, this also. So I, I think this cover is like too good for the book, and also I think the title is a really good, really cool title, like Patterns in Time. That sounds really interesting. I don't. But, I didn't know anything about it until what you just described. Now I didn't expect it to be an anthology of any type. I thought you were about to like. I thought it was just going to be another inline story. Yeah. So I, I wish it was. The title. The title is nicely a nice fit for an anthology. I think it is because I think I just think patterns in time. I think it's a really cool title. It could be used for a much like cooler, grander story. And, and oh, oh, I get why it's called pa Patterns in Time is a good title for an anthology series <laughs> about stories that takes place across time. I don't know. I just really like the title. Anyway. Okay. So the worst, sorry, the worst story, and that is called Lost Pets. And this one has to do with, like, Milo looking for lost animal pets after, like, they've been, like, displaced uh in the battle for Republic city with kuvira and that's like and also he like i don't know teams up with the hobo i guess uh, <laughs> oh that that seems but that is like essentially i don't know the story but also some of these stories are uh we've seen in like free comic book day versions that have come out on free comic. at least i want to say four of these have been free our free comic book day stories i've already read like i within the last like four years um but this is a good place for them just to put those stories so that one was my least favorite you got anything after that any questions uh, i mean makes me think of some avatar episodes that i don't care for so so uh so much yeah <laughs> there's a parallel there uh this second one is really this so it's, it's the second to the last. Uh, wait, how many of these are there? Let me count that so I can actually start saying numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight stories in here. Number seven. Because, <clears throat> you know, we like numbers. Number seven is really short. It's two pages. Um, and this one's called Wisdom. This one is pretty much just a poem by Guru Lahima. So it's really interesting just to see. In fact, I can read it to you. I will. It is said that a young airbender once undertook a pilgrimage to a mountain overlooking the northern air temple. This shows this uh, young airbender girl. I say girl, she looks like she's probably about... Hey, why can't I figure this out? That's... It's the weather forecasting thing. You don't know which way to point and move. Yeah, I know, right? 
that way. Oh yeah, that way. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> so she looks, I don't know, probably about six or so. And so it shows her, uh, says, to seek the wisdom and poetry of the guru who lived on the peak. But what is wisdom, asked the guru. Is it poems written on a page? Is it actions done in my name? Is it words spoken on the wind? Wisdom is formless, for only the wind remains when all else is gone. So it is written in the poems of Lahima. That's it. That's the little story there. I mean, it's a cute enough little anecdote. Yeah. Uh, that's about does show, all I can give that. So this, so the airbender girl, like, finds Guru Lahima, and as he's saying this, <clears throat> there's a really cool panel where his feet just starts levitating off the ground, and then he flies off. <laughs> just the origin that we needed from Guru Lahima. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I like the part of like, is it actions done in my name? Like, <clears throat> few hundreds of years later. The hearers rolling around, spreading the word of Guru Lahima, killing people, taking over stuff. Uh, anyway, number six, skyscrapers. This one is about uh, Asami when she's a little girl, and <clears throat> and her mom is in this one. Like her mom, they show her mom being like a real like genius. She's like pretty much responsible for the infrastructure in Republic City. She's going over the blueprints for like a skyscraper and uh it's just a sign her mom having like a nice time you get a little bit more input on how sami was raised um why she's into like these things and you get to see her mom which is nice and like we've never we've only seen like a picture of her mom before and like Asami helps her mom uh kind of build the and work on the architecture work on the blueprints for uh republic city that's kind of sick. A uh, little Republic City origins. Yeah. We like after the lost, of. after the lost pets one, I like. I really like all of these. So that's that says a lot. That was just like the listen. There's a bad episode in everyone. Yeah. Uh, number five, Brains for life, and this is the one. Uh, this is probably one I'm most familiar with. Like I remember reading. This is the one that's come at came out in a free. Comic Book Day, probably like six years ago. So my daughter's 10. Because I remember reading this to my daughter. I still have the comic book. It's all raggedy that I would read <laughs> to her. Because <laughs> um, it's a really nice little quick story of how Korra met Naga. Like, Korra was like out <laughs> in the middle of like a winter storm because she wanted to play. And then. She meets Naga, who's just a little pup. And uh, it's just a really cute little story. Uh, remind me, I, won't inter- I don't want to interject with it now, but I have a story about a ratty, a ratty book to share at some point when, before we're done. A ratty book? About a ratty book. Not about no, no, rats. Rats isn't a portion. No, no, no. I'll wait till you're done here. Oh, and then, yeah, and then after a while, like, Cora, like, tries to keep her and like Naga survived the night in the winter storm and from that point they were uh, inseparable and uh, Cora asked if she can keep her even though like polar bear dogs are like vicious animals <laughs> and, cause, and like Cora's like can I keep her and, and her parents are like uh no pretty much 
And then uh, Katara comes in and says, uh, all avatars have animal guides, and perhaps Korra has discovered hers. And uh, it says it might be, and Naga might just be with a high-energy girl like Korra needs. So that's how they met. All right, what's your, oh, you're going to come up with your ratty uh, story, like, at the end? Yeah, I was going to wait till the end end. Oh, Indian. Okay, yeah. alright. I just didn't Number... want to interrupt your flow. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, you have anything to comment on that cute little story? Sounds like a good story. Yeah, it is a good story. Like I said, I don't know, I might be a little biased, though, because I do remember reading this to my daughter, especially when she was, like, really, really into Legend of Korra. She's still into it. Like, we watch Beginnings today. I was just like, oh, you know, I feel like watching Beginnings. <laughs> Legend of Korra Beginnings. And she was like, oh, can we watch it? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, getting such a great episode, Sean. I hate you for a minute. Love you. <laughs> so okay. And I told her, I told her, I was like, you know what Sean said about this episode? He said it was overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. He was like, well, he's wrong. I'll stand, I'll stand up on my own. That's one. That's fine. <clears throat> All right. Uh, in at number four. Weaver's Ball. Uh, so Weaver's Ball takes place. Uh, Cora is like, she looks like she's about, I don't know, maybe fourteen or so. She's already mastered. Yeah, she looks about as old as Katara, in the series. So she's probably about fourteen in this in this book. Uh, she's already mastered water bending. She's already mastered earth bending, and now she's mastering firebending and her firebender teacher is like same one you see in the episode one of legend of Korra. he's like pretty stubborn pretty stick by the rules and uh bakora's like hey like you know i really wanted training and stuff but the spirit festival is coming up like can we and i and it's like it's the which this is the sad part here um Cora <laughs> says it's one of the few times of the year that I get to leave the training grounds. There are games and food and everything. And you're like, he wouldn't let her go. Like, that one little sentence, I feel like, encapsulates so much of Korra. Like, you guys have, like, tried to force this little girl into being the avatar that you took her childhood away in a certain sense. Like, she didn't get to, like, grow up and have friends. That's why she is the way she is. Like, if she's been trained her whole life to to be the avatar to beat people up and, and stuff like that and protect people, yeah, she's gonna feel a certain way when like that gets threatened, or she's gonna be a little bit uh, eager, um, a little bit uh, rambunctious stuff like that. I um. Uh... I like. I think that's the right type of story and character tie-in for a nice anthology too. That's that's what I look for in this type of, in this type of story context. Yeah, and she does like. After a while, she like sneaks away to go to the festival, and uh, and she gets to the point where someone's like. Uh, she she tells someone she's the avatar. They're like, you're not the Avatar. She's like, I can prove it. And then she firebends and she waterbends and firebends. And then uh, she accidentally burns down something. Happens to the best of us? Yeah. 
Uh, and then her dad has to save her. Well, it's not like a save her. Her dad just has to put out the fire. It's not like a huge, huge fire. But He's a waterbender. He can uh, handle it. Yeah. Is there a and safer place they, in the world to start a fire? Than, true. You know? True, yeah. Uh, and then her dad... But then she has to go back to the compound. But her dad brings, like, the little fair game to her and the friends. Well, I wouldn't say friends, because I, I don't think Cora really has friends. Uh, but the kids and they all play this game called Weaver Ball, and uh, she goes, she uh, just has a little chance to be a kid. But all right, number three is Cat El Cat Owl's Cradle. The story is about Boomy and Milo. So in the story, uh, Milo's just trying to spend time with his dad, and but his dad's like busy doing. Air Nation official stuff, and like Boomy kind of uh, consoles Milo about it. He's like, "Hey, I get what you're saying. Like, my dad was always really busy, you know, with Avatar stuff, and it's really just a great story. I think uh, you really get to see things in both these kids, both their perspectives of being the child of a person who's like has so much responsibilities and, and weight on." Uh, weight on them and you kind of see probably how he was a kid by the feelings or maybe the resentment he had for his dad and how he feels now being adult being more understanding of that uh you know that's probably not the type of the stories of the ones you mentioned that would register with me as very enjoyable but i get it yeah oh this was like a sad part like (laughs) milo is like um he says, maybe I'm just not good enough. He lets Janora help him all the time. I keep thinking that maybe when I get my arrows. And then Boomy stops him. It's like, Milo, earning your arrows couldn't possibly make Tenzin love you more. You're good enough exactly as you are. Like, I feel like kids, and everyone really, internalizes things and makes assumptions that often aren't true. Like, it's kind of based off of, like, how you feel and your emotions. But it's good to have a person there to combat those things. So you're like, no, this is the actual reality of it. Um, yeah, so that sounds a little, a little too emotional for my taste, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boomy does go on to say, here's the thing about dads like ours. They may be frustrating. They may not always have infinite time for us. But everything they do is to keep us safe. Um, and Milo says, I know, but sometimes I don't want to be kept safe. I just want dad to be proud of me. Like, this is like a little bit more, uh, deeper, a little bit deeper stuff. So yeah. stuff that like that, that I like. All right. Number two is clearing the air. It's a Tenzin story. This was also part of free comic day previously. Uh, and this one, Tenzin is telling a story to, uh, his kids <clears> about how, um, about how when he was like a teenager, these uh, local hooligans like burned up some airbending gates and vandalized Air Temple Island. He chased them down and like fought them and uh, airbending. And it's really interesting to see Tenzin as an angry teenager. Like he looked angry. Like it looked like he wanted to like beat the crap out of them. And part of that is because he had so much weight on him. He's like, they destroyed these, like, ancient gates that are, like, part of the culture that I have to uphold and stuff. 
And, like, Aang, in a way, like, so then, like, Tenzin gets, like, arrested <laughs> along with those kids. And then there's a nice back and forth between Toph and Aang uh, because Toph is the chief of police and Aang is, well, he's Aang, he's Avatar. So that was a cool little thing there. Uh, I think and, that's and the, like, one of the few free comic book day ones I've read. Okay. Like it either either uh, that or we've talked about it in detail before. Either maybe. one's a possibility. Uh, and then since uh, Tenzin gets let go because it's like his first offense, and then says like she's gonna take the other ones to jail. And Aang says, like, oh, because they happened on Airtable Island, please let me take them. And then uh, Aang talks about how when in air nomad culture, when a, one person wrongs the other person, like, it's all about, like, kind of settling it and figuring out the best uh, resolution, the best peaceful resolution. Uh, so Tenzin kind of works with us hooligans to, like, up stuff, things like that. Uh, I really enjoy seeing Tenzin in a different role, and you kind of get a sense of why he became the way he is. Uh, it's kind of nice seeing aggressive, angry teenage emo Tenzin. <laughs> Rebel Tenzin? Yeah. Alright. Uh, the last one, as in the first one, as in my favorite one, it's called A Change in the Wind. And this story is about Janora dealing with her insecurities. And, you know, I like stuff like that. Very character-driven stuff. Um, there's, like, some spirits, and they're kind of, like, dark. They're not dark spirits, but they need to... They're kind of out of control. And Asami and Korra's there. They're being all, like, a cute couple and stuff with it. Uh, but Janora's also there. And... They need to like guide these spirits back to the spirit world, and Janora's having issues with it. Janora's also said like she hasn't been able to like meditate into the spirit world, and uh, but she hasn't told anyone about these issues she's having. Uh, and the reason why she hasn't told anyone is because she feels like she has so much pressure to to like live up to all the expectations, responsibilities she has. Um, like just so much weight is on her even though she's like you know a teenage girl uh, it's just really one thing I really love about this story is that like when you're a teenager you deal with so many insecurities and things like that that having these conversations with these older people like Asami and Korra to like really put stuff in perspective <clears throat> Uh, really seemed to help out Janora. And I feel like, as a teenager, I look back on like, the insecurities I had, and I'm like, man, if I just didn't worry about that, I could have been doing this and that and this. Um, so I just really enjoy seeing that. Um, yeah, well, I, it's one of those things that I probably don't like thinking about, but might be good for me to think about. If, you know, good to reflect on those things. But like, yeah, it's weird. High school's weird. I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, that's another one. I don't think I've read that one, but I think we've talked about that one before in our conversations about Janora. I don't know. I think this was new. I don't think I've ever read. Oh, this that one was before. new. Okay. Yeah. It's got me engaged. It is 
is appealing at its base. Yeah. Oh, and then the other part I like about it. So, Janora says, uh, just like, and now I can't even connect with the spirit world. That's always been such a big part of me. Who am I without it? Like, you think about, like, oftentimes in life, we think there are certain aspects of our character that is our whole self. And when that thing is removed, we have an identity crisis. But it's important to note that, like, you can lose this thing about you, but still be you. There are other things about you that are very important. Or, you know, you grow new things about you. You know, you're always changing. Um, like, we hope that those things don't change that are very positive, strong things about you. But if they do, you can find a way around it. And eventually, Janora does find her way. She's able to, like, reconnect with spirits and things like that. Um, and then, of course, like, hey, I get it. Like, when I lost my connection, my past lives, I didn't feel like the avatar at all. So, you know, it's just, I think there's a lot of great metaphors in that in this story. That one hits me right in the feels. Um, that's another weird high school thing, is thinking back and having, having it feel like one thing was your whole identity. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really... Uh, I didn't have any identity issues in high school. I, know, I had. I feel like my insecurities were like, no, never mind. Take that back. Because like I remember, I remember my friend group in my neighborhood. Like I was like, in a way, I was their leader. I was like, the the one they always went to, the like the best one in, in basketball. And I remember as I was like fifteen or something. Like they all started getting much taller. Like. Like we were like trying to like touch rim, or grab the rim, and like I couldn't grab. Like everyone else was getting so much better, I had like so much higher hops than me. Like I just couldn't like keep up with it. And like after a while, I just didn't even want to play basketball with it. I'm just like, all right, I'm just not as good at this any anymore. I think I was still. I just knew that they would be like, oh hey, like try to grab rim and play like yeah. Like I was somewhat embarrassed by the deck. <laughs> Um, but like stupid that was, stuff that like was that. before like, Steph Curry me. taught us that basketball could be more that's true and I wasn't even great at shooting threes then like my, I changed my form up since uh, pretty much when I started playing Wait. I think like college I, I realized like oh shooting like this okay. is not the best way guys uh, we, we guys like us needed the Steph Curry revolution I just wanted everybody to like me very bad, which in a small school isn't the worst thing, and like every, knew everybody anyway. But that was like my whole thing. Mm. Man, a small school, you all have to do like literally everything together. So this, I think, it's in a big school, you get you get lost. Like uh, I don't know. Like I think I, I hate it. Looking back, I hated my freshman year because <laughs> uh, I was just. Like, I didn't have, there were certain parts where I didn't have a lot of friends, like certain classes. Also, because I took classes with upperclassmen, because I uh, took, like, more so advanced classes, because I just, I was smart enough to do it. I did it. And I know, it was hard to, like, be friends with people who are a year or two years older than you. I, uh, uh I, not I, a lot of my classes. I'm not that super smart. I didn't like freshman year because I was like in too many things because my brothers are all athletes. It's like I was in basketball and track and football, and like I'm horrible. I'm, what did you, you do I'm, in track? Were you were you a cross country runner? 
uh, long distance. I hated it. It was that was yeah, my least favorite. But like, Chris, the sad thing is, I wasn't bad at it either. I had never done it before, mm. but I have a natural um, like Endurance. tolerance no. for that stuff. I guess. Uh, so oh, actually, yeah. it's pretty, I ran a five minute, ten second mile one time, which these days is like nothing. But at the time, I was proud of myself. Um, but I was in too many things. Just because it's like what my, what my brothers did, but then it was my sophomore and junior year. I was like, I don't have to do those things. And I started doing like forensics and school play and the other nerdy stuff. So yeah, I didn't really like my freshman year either, but it was my own fault. Nobody told me you anything. didn't have to do sports. I, I I'm the complete opposite. I wish I had done more things. My parents didn't like make me do anything. They were just like, hey, you want to do this? And my like shy self. Of like, oh no, I don't want to do it. Like, what if I fail? Things like that. But I remember, like, I didn't try out for the basketball team in middle school because I was like too afraid to try out, even though that's like the easiest thing to try out for. Especially <laughs> in middle school, like, like if you got a good grasp yeah. of the the concepts. Yeah, which I did. I played basketball all the time. Um, I just, my brothers all did, and my dad liked it, and was like, oh, I guess I'd you know, go to high school, play these sports. And then it's like my sophomore year, I remember having the talk in the car, I was like, dad, I don't I really like playing football as much as I like watching football, because I'm kind of a huge pansy. Do you care if I do Scholars Bowl? And he's like, what's Scholars Bowl? <laughs> like, I, I wish I'd done, I wish I'd played an instrument, or like done debate, <laughs> or, or even done like plays that would be i would probably really enjoy doing plays i had a lot of fun in plays and then forensics is kind of like plays uh scholars but i just did because it's what my my best friends did and i still liked it well enough um i did have we didn't have i think i told the story we didn't have a lot of class choices so my freshman year i had an open hour where there's literally only one thing that i that like applied to me in that time so I had to play, I had to be, be in band and I told the band teachers like, listen, I just, I, I don't know how to play any instruments. Uh, you know, what do you got for me? And so I played the triangle and the crash cymbals. I was going to say the triangle. Yeah. The triangle was like my, I mean, various percussion instruments, but like in marching band, I did the crash cymbals and in the regular band, played, I did the triangle. In my high school, you could have played the crash cymbals, Sean. You got to have like rhythm. Like they're all like... We, our marching band was okay, well, and I had a senior teach me to do some of those things, but it was pretty muted. Uh, it wasn't very exciting. Uh, but the, listen, the triangle, I had, I've got okay rhythm. I play the piano. I'm not a dance rhythm guy, though. That's my problem with what you're saying there. But I have decent yeah. musical uh, background. I just didn't want, I, I couldn't play the piano well enough to do it in band or even like pet band. But, um,. Yeah, listen, high school kids out there, try things. But then don't keep doing yes. them if they, if you don't like them. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Try don't, a good balance of things. What's the what's the right thing to take away? Don't don't have too many self uh don't so, not doubts so much as like worries so much anxiety about like what other people think or about whether or not you'll be good at it. If you want to try it, just go try it. That's the takeaway. Ooh, Sean, apparently there's going to be a, a trading card game of Avatar coming up. I heard the tabletop game reviews. Is that out officially? Or did somebody... I saw a review. It could have been like a pre-release thing. 
Um, and they described it as a little uneven, which it's very hard mm. to design a balanced tabletop RPG. Um, um, but they described know. it as a little uneven, but very like enjoyable, and they liked the canon that was involved. I'm going to try and learn how to do this trading card. It's free orders available until January 27th. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, in person last week, Chris. Really? In person. with I have two other friends that play Magic, and they both still have Yu-Gi-Oh! decks. I crushed them, Chris. <laughs> crushed them. Well, one, one of them had a meta. I cannot keep up, I, I can't, I can't keep up with Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore. <laughs> no, well, sorry, we didn't use link rules. Like, I don't know how to... I, I have never learned that. Uh, and they didn't mm-hmm. either. But one of them had a a meta deck, but it was like a purchased meta. Like he, you know, uh, at one point he went and bought. It was called True Dracos, I think. And he literally like must have bought it off the shelf. The other one just like had an assortment of his favorite cards, and so that was a lot of fun. It was a terrible deck, but it was a lot more fun to to beat that guy. They asked me if my deck was meta. I was like, my deck ain't meta. No name, no name dropping in my card text. I was about to break up something else. Anyway, I don't think I have anything else. That's the powders in time. Oh, I got to tell you my ratty book story real quick. Uh, Chris, oh, yes. in, in fifth grade, I was in a, a bus wreck, which I think I've talked about before. It was, like, pretty bad. Uh, you know, there's like, 50 kids on a bus, and a few of them were, like, very badly hurt. Uh, so it's a big deal. Um, but at the time, I was reading The Goblet of Fire, the fourth Harry Potter book. It was, like, December 7th, so it hadn't been out that, that long. I was doing good, too. I was, like, halfway through the book. Uh, Anyway, the book got, like, pretty messed up, but still physically fine. Like, not pages falling out or anything like that. No shredding. Just just dinged up really bad. Uh, So I always kept it as, like, a a little memoir. Like, you know, I remember reading that book on the bus. But when me and Heather were redoing my room, she's like, Sean, we see copies of Harry Potter, like, all the time and like the other six books because she didn't know that but like the other six books are like all pristine like we've read them like twice uh and then that's it now we have audiobooks she's like why you got this one stupid ugly one why can't we get rid of it <laughs> i was like oh that was, was the bus rag book which <laughs> <laughs> felt really bad but uh that made me think of the comic is like that's a weird way to describe a book is like loved is like yeah loved as in it rolled over a few times in a vehicle. <laughs> Probably hit some kids in the head on the way. Um, yeah, that's all there is to it. Chris, thanks for reading Patterns in Time. Next week, I think we are going to try to redo our Kyoshi's Parents. What if Kyoshi's Parents loved her episode? Unless something else exciting happens in between now and then. So if you liked that we episode... We do a review of Avatar The Way of Water. I'm kidding. I don't... I have very little desire to see it. I didn't like the first Avatar. Why would I? I don't think... Well, like, I sure like the first it. Avatar enough, but like this one is like three hours long. I don't... Like, I, I don't have time for this. I don't like that style of movie. The, the space sci-fi stuff. I, like, I feel like I should go... It's about to make $2 billion weirdly enough. I mean, everything I've heard about it <clears> has been almost hands down like 9 out of 10 caliber. Like, it's doing something right. I just, I didn't like the first one, so I have no desire for the second one. No, uh, if, unless something else big pops up. Chris, we'll go, we'll go buy the trading card avatar game and we'll play that in person. Thanks, yeah. It'll be fantastic. 
um, and Yu-Gi-Oh. We'll stream ourselves playing Yu-Gi-Oh the old way. It'll be great. Everybody wants to see that, right? <laughs> um, hey, thanks for watching this episode of Avatar The Last Podcasters. Uh, click on any buttons that you're willing to click on. We appreciate all of the button clicks, the thumbs and subs. and I don't appreciate the thumbs down clicks. But you can't even see how many there are. You have to go do like percentage math behind the scenes based on your... You know what I'm talking about? Like it'll show you like 90% thumbs up or whatever. And then you got to do some quick math based on thumbs ups. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, come back and talk to us next week. My name's Sean. That's Chris Ford. It's Avatar The Last Podcasters, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, people. It's one of my first cassette tapes, I think. Very early on in my cassettes.